0: Hey there, it's Amanda, and you're tuned into your Potential Unleashed podcast. As a trauma-informed certified mindset and success coach, my mission is to bring you a blend of inspiration and practical science-backed techniques to help you step into your power. Each week, I aim to stir up that inner curiosity, challenge your limited beliefs, and encourage you to break free from the shoulds and the can'ts that hold you back. If you have ever felt that inner whisper urging you to explore what lies beyond your day-to-day life, you're exactly in the right place. I've always believed in the power of dreams and the possibility of anything we set our minds to, and now I want to help you not just believe in your potential, but actually actively pursue it. Our journey starts with belief, grows with action, and unfolds in the most extraordinary ways. Whether your dream is to transform your career, find deeper meaning in every day, or completely redefine who you are, this podcast is your stepping stone. We're going to dream big, get curious, and step out of their comfort zones together. And if you're looking for a more personalized approach, remember one-on-one coaching with me might just be the game changer you need. Check out the show notes for details on that. This podcast is here to teach you and inspire you to unleash your potential. So if you're ready, let's unlock the epicness of your journey. Today, we have a truly special and crucial and deeply personal topic to delve into, women's hormone health. And I've invited my friend and personal women's coach, Katie Brezick to be a guest. I am so excited to have her be the first guest on the podcast. And if you're hearing this, that means we did it right. (laughs) So this podcast is absolutely geared more toward the female listeners. Um, We will be talking about hormones and periods and just general girl talk. But if you are a guy, I think you should stay as well. This conversation allows you to be a fly on the wall to a very candid conversation between women to know what they go through during the month and how you can better understand, validate, and support them. Our conversation was really light. It was funny. It was informative. But that's not how my journey really began, and I think it's important to shed a little light on how hormones can help with all kinds of things like skin health, digestion, energy, fertility, all that good stuff. But for me, it was all that and so much more. So before Katie comes on, I'd like to share a little bit about why I am so passionate about this topic. I'm pre-recording this intro because I think if I told it in front of her again, I might cry. So in January 2018, I started noticing changes in my body and mood, and I gained a lot of weight pretty rapidly. I started having really dark thoughts and just generally felt really down. Up until this point, I had always had fluctuating weight. I always got a little moody at the end of my cycle, but this was completely different. Naturally, I went to multiple healthcare providers, including three fertility doctors, a general physician, and an endocrinologist. The advice I received? A hodgepodge of dismissals and contradictions. Women's hormones fluctuate too much to be tested. You're probably bipolar. Progesterone has nothing to do with mood or fertility. You're just stressed. Or perhaps the most disheartening stop playing doctor. All because I ordered my own blood test from a site called Everlywell, which I will absolutely link them because I 100% believe they are one of the top reasons I literally survived 2018. Needless to say, I left those offices in tears and I was honestly lucky to get through 2018 and 2019. On top of how I was feeling, the reason why a lot of this was so triggering was because my mother was also told that she was bipolar. And I remember hearing that she felt more normal when she was pregnant and your hormones are very different when you're pregnant. And she also passed away from lung cancer at only 58 years old. And I had read that lung cancer can come from estrogen dominance, which is something that I had. Now, there are a lot of other factors here that could have led to all of this for her. And maybe she was bipolar. Honestly, we will never really know, but it's really hard for me to not think that maybe Had she had better support from her doctors and not just being fed mood enhancers, that maybe she wouldn't have been an alcoholic and maybe she could have gotten her life together. I'm sure probably at some point I'll dive into this story a little bit more, but I just thought it was important to note that these comments from doctors weren't just ignorant. They were traumatic and triggering, which is why I think doctors also need trauma training. But again, that's another issue. This journey led me to realize how uneducated and closed-minded our medical system can be when it comes to women's health, and taking things into my own hands was the only option. I broke down one day to my chiropractor, and that led to a referral to a holistic doctor who discovered that in addition to hormone imbalance, I was also deficient in crucial vitamins like vitamin D and vitamin B, and I also had pretty high cortisol. Within a month of taking supplements and using progesterone cream, I started to feel significantly better. And then she also suggested doing things that relieve stress and reduce trauma like EMDR therapy. And so the journey began. So fast forward a couple years, I was surviving the hormone imbalance but not yet truly thriving. And so this leads me to Katie. I reached out to Katie in 2021 from just a simple Google search for nutrition coaches specializing in women's health. And I really wanted to learn more about my body. I wanted to lose weight. I wanted to develop healthier habits. I gained so much more than that with Katie. I believe we worked together for six months as well as I joined her group classes. I also hired her again to help me with my transition to Japan. And she has been an absolute integral part of my health and who I am today. Katie gives so much care to you during these coaching programs I not only felt heard, I also felt taken care of, and I learned so much from her with all of the knowledge that she has. She helped me with things like lowering my cortisol levels, helped me immensely with my digestive system. I had so much more energy. I lost a few pounds. I was sleeping better. I felt lighter and more in alignment, more in control of my life with her nutritional advice, supplement advice. Daily rituals, the meditations, learning about how to be in flow with your cycle every month. I can't even explain how truly valuable it has been to work with Katie. So, guys, I hope you get a lot out of this episode. Thank you for letting me share more of my story. Be sure to wait until the end to hear all about Katie's group program and check out the show notes for all of the details. So, without further ado, let's bring on Katie. Okay. So thank you, Katie, so much for joining us. I am so excited for everyone to hear from someone who has had such a
1: positive impact on my life. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story again. I think it's going to help a lot of people who can really resonate and you're so vulnerable in what you were sharing. So I've heard it before, but it's been a long time. So thank you for sharing with me again.
0: Thank you. So Katie,
1: I wanted to start off the podcast by just having
0: you tell everyone officially what you do, because I'm always, I'm, whenever I tell anybody about my hormone journey, or whenever I hear someone talking about symptoms that they have, I'm like, Oh my gosh, you have to talk to this nutritionist that I know. She's like a hormone specialist. She's like a hormone nutritionist coach. Like I never know exactly (laughs) like how to refer to you. So if you can just tell everybody officially what you do and maybe a little bit about how you got into the industry and why you're really passionate
1: about what you do yes um that's a really good question because I feel like it's I honestly feel like with the rise in social media and more and more women talking about like their periods and their cramps and their hormones like it's just become more like mainstream where when I started doing this way back in the day, I've been in private practice for 13 years, like nobody was talking about this stuff. Like there were people talking about it, like people that I was like in school with and people that I was doing certifications with. But beyond that, it wasn't something that was, it felt like it was still like taboo to talk about your period on Instagram. Right. So I think it's like evolved in a way. So when I started, I started just working like with women, women's health without necessarily that like hormone component to it. And I was doing all these things and I was like, okay, like this stuff should be working. Like it, it should be helping people. And then I realized something was missing. And a big piece of that was women's health and periods and hormones. And like every day you have different things going on. Every month could look different based on like travel and stress. I worked with Dr. Sarah Gottfried. I did her apprenticeship program. And then I did Nicole Jardim's Fix Your Period. She wrote a book called Fix Your Period. I did her year-long apprenticeship program and really just dove into this topic and learning more about it and really realizing that was a missing connection with like so many of my clients. Yes, all this was like great information, but without taking into account what was going on hormonally, we were missing a piece of the puzzle. So kind of meshing those two worlds together, like- what I knew about nutrition and lifestyle and stress and sleep and all of that. And then adding in the hormone part and like what that looks like, what that means. And it can be kind of confusing, right? Because a lot of times when we think about quote unquote diet and health and nutrition, we just think about food. And that's a big part of what I talk about and big part of what I do. But We also need to take a closer look at like what's going on and like your mood, your energy, breast tenderness. Like, are you getting a regular period or are you getting like heavy periods? Are they really light? How often are they coming? All of that information, it's the fifth vital sign. Like it's such an important piece of our body and our health. Then diving even deeper and realizing that like studies weren't even conducted on women's health. Like all the things that we grew up learning about health and wellness were based on men's health and men's research and like years and years of that information. And it's really tragic. We've lost so much important information about women's bodies because we were not doing any research on them because every day we were different. Right. So it couldn't be like a good baseline study, but in reality, that's so important to like know and understand and reflect on.
0: Yeah. I think all of those points are really important. You said something about how you were combining the two different things like women's health and then also hormones, but I'm also wondering how much are the hormones actually affecting women's health? Like it really should start the other way. And I'm always really surprised when, like when you said that it's become so mainstream every, I feel like now on my TikTok, um, hormone stuff is constantly coming up because, and it replaced TikTok videos about ADHD and bipolar, because literally every one of those posts I saw about ADHD and bipolar, I was like, check your hormones, check your hormones, check your hormones. (laughs) Because I was just like, it could be this. Or, and then now that I'm into human design too, I'm like, Hormones in human design, hormones in human design. (laughs) It could be one of those things. Those
1: algorithms, like it's so funny, but I feel like, okay. So, and let me clarify, because I think maybe it's mainstream for me because that's what I'm doing all day too. So with the algorithms, I'm seeing more and more and more of it, but even just having conversations with girlfriends about it, friends of mine that would never discuss any thing TMI, right? Which I discuss all TMI stuff all day. They would never ever mention it, have reached out to me and being like, what is going on? (laughs) You know, like this is happening to my body right now. Like, is this quote unquote normal? Like, should this be going on? So I also feel like the more that we talk about it, the more that we just make it like a normal piece of a conversation, then people that might feel uncomfortable about it, reach out, learn more about it. And yes, it's a good point. Like, should we check the hormones first, but your test, depending on what kind of test they're doing Mm -hmm. could come back completely normal. And then you never do anything because your doctor says it's fine. Right. So I like to look at two pieces of the puzzle. Like, is it in range? Is it holistically in range or is it traditionally in range in terms of numbers? It's two different things. And we always want to look at a person as a human being, right? And right. really being like, okay, like, yes, everything might be quote unquote within range, but if you're still feeling like this, it's valid. If you get your test back and it looks fine, and then you just take that as what it is, and then don't do anything further to help yourself feel better, it could almost be a disservice in a way, too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like the in range or the normal thing goes right along with immediately after they pull out the piece of paper that says, oh, you're in range. It's because you're 40. Oh, God. As if because you're 40. That's what makes it normal when that's not normal. Like that's what I feel like is wrong with the medical industry, because they have decided that these symptoms and the way that women are at 40 is just normal. And then there's nothing they can do about it, which is just completely false. When I went in for my frozen shoulder um, in 2020, that's exactly what he said. I just, I went in, sat down and he was like, he's like, okay, so your shoulder sucked. He like was touching it and stuff. He's like, how old are you? And I think I was like 39 or 40. And he goes, that's it. You women in being turning 40, for some reason, your shoulder just tightens up. For reason. Yeah. For some reason. But, and then, then, yeah, then I found out that it could be from hormones. And so we were working on that, but everyone kept saying there's nothing to do about it. And now, I mean, people on podcasts can't see this, but you can see it. And my shoulders totally work. Like, you know, yes. like working on hormones, well. working with the <laughs> chiropractor, like they've totally the come back. Yeah. Like you can work on frozen shoulder just because you're 40 doesn't mean you have to be crabby doesn't mean you have to have low libido doesn't mean that you have to have frozen shoulders doesn't mean that you have to have weight gain like none of these things and one of the things you talked about the tmi I just wanted to tell this really funny story because i love embarrassing myself on my <laughs> guess but i think one thing i remember is when we first started talking about stuff i was definitely like wow this is This is a lot of TMI and for the listeners, Katie has, uh, has their clients sometimes start Instagram pages, they're private, but in those Instagram pages, you get really detailed about your digestion and other things that are going on with you. And, and so I was like, I really got detailed one day and then I accidentally posted that on my personal Instagram. (laughs) So I don't think I know that I didn't, I, (laughs) I, I, I didn't notice it until like two people uh, commented <laughs> on it and because it uh, it not only did it post on Instagram, it posted right to Facebook because, you know, oh. out. and so people were like, thank you so much for being so vulnerable and just like, wow, it's such a vulnerable share. And I was like, <gasps> <gasps> like that was for Katie's eyes <laughs> only. only. <laughs> only, only. <laughs> I was like, no one needs to know about those things. <laughs> it was so funny, oh but- God. I, I did learn a lot about how all of that matters and I still pay attention to all of it. And I think that just knowing certain things about your digestion and stuff, like my, I can't believe how, how much better my digestion still is today. Like it's, it's amazing what I can eat. And it's just a knowing that I can eat slower, what I'm eating, you know, all of these things. It's just like it's crazy how much better my stomach is and how it's digesting stuff. And I can for sure tell that that's helping my hormones as well.
1: And I, so if you were to ask my cousins, like they always tell this like funny joke about we would be in, we all lived in New York city together when we were younger, um, not in the same apartment, but in the same area. And sometimes I would be at dinner. I'm like, I have to go. My stomach really hurts. And I would like run home. Like my stomach would be a mess. Right. And they still joke about that today, whenever we hang out, they're like, do you have to go home? I'm like, no, I fixed my digestion. Like I, my stomach is great. I've done a lot of work on this. Um, But it's like a running joke within my cousin group because it was like, oh, you have a stomach ache? You have to go home? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) trying to get out of hanging out with us. I'm like, absolutely not. Like my stomach really, really hurts. And at that point in my life, I was also under a lot of stress with my job. I wasn't sleeping as well. Like I was not necessarily a hot mess, but like on my way to becoming a hot mess. And looking back, I was like, you know, always in hindsight, you're like, if I'd only know then what I know now, but the digestion piece of it was probably was honestly causing like so much of the other hormonal things that I was experiencing without knowing this was before I kind of dedicated my life to this work, but uh, it's a running joke. Like it's funny. So if any, any of my cousins are listening, like, thank you. (laughs)
0: Yes. Or if those Facebook girls are listening, they're probably dying laughing right now.
1: So, okay. So
0: let's talk about um, cause I feel like we kind of went all over the place with that, but now people can get a good idea of how, what our relationship is like. <laughs> but, um, and so what are some common hormonal imbalances that women experience and how does nutrition help with that? Yeah.
1: I think there's a few, I think the top ones I see often are really bad PMS, right? Like PMS rage, depending on what's going on with your hormones, it can start like right around, it can start at ovulation or right before your period. But that second phase of your cycle after you ovulate until you get your period. Um, There's a lot of like hormone rage, breast tenderness, uh, having a really hard time coping and managing with stress, um, sugar cravings, irregular periods, like cramps, heavy periods. Like I see kind of like those as like the most like, signs, symptoms. And then a lot of that can lead into perimenopause things that are going on or fertility things that are going on. I work with a lot of women in their twenties who are just trying to learn how to work with their hormones again, after coming off birth control and just not ever having that kind of like mind body connection. So I think there's like different phases of that all, but I think in terms of like what people would think about with hormones would be those symptoms of the, the PMS. That's usually like the number one sign. Cause you, once it happens a few months in a row, you're like, okay, something's off. Like I'm a rage. I'm in rage. Like I want to like hit a wall type situation. Every single person I work with, no matter how old you are, no matter where you are in your hormonal life stage, most of us are not eating enough food. We're not eating enough protein, even though in the U.S., I feel like we're such a protein obsessed country. Most of us are still not getting enough protein. We're getting a lot of protein bars. We're getting a lot of protein shakes, but we're not getting like whole based kind of animal or plant based protein. Healthy fats. A lot of us are not eating enough healthy fats still, even though we're no longer in the 80s and 90s when fat free, low fat, no fat was the thing it's been so ingrained in like our parents and our generation and even the younger generation, just because that's how it works, right? Whatever your parents eat, you tend to eat and it kind of trickles down. A lot of us are still not getting enough healthy fat and healthy fat is so crucial for creating hormones. And, you know, fiber, we could all do better with (laughs) fruits and vegetables too, but at the cornerstone, I always just say, this is like the foundation is learning how to eat enough and learning how to eat in a way that you're never, ever hangry. <laughs> Cause yeah. when you're hangry, your blood sugar is already off. When your blood sugar is off your cortisol, which I like to call the bitchy bossy hormone is raging. And the combination of those two things, they are married to each other. So if you're hangry, you're going to feel more stressed, your body's going to pump out more cortisol. And it becomes kind of this like never ending cycle where then you you're not sleeping well, you're waking up a lot, you have a hard time falling asleep, you're moody, all of those things. So at the foundation, no matter where you are in your hormonal life stage, we've got to get your blood sugar stable. And that sounds easy, but it takes a while to really learn what your body needs. And like, what feels good for your body? And like, how much do you need? And then does that change throughout your cycle? Because you will be hungrier right before you get your period. And when I see a lot of my clients, when they first come to me, they're like almost afraid to eat more right before the period comes because they feel really bloated and they're like, are water, gaining uh, water retention and things like that. And they feel like they're gaining weight where it's just, Your body is going to hold on to more water right before you get your period. That just happens because of hormones. And you need more calories. You need about 200, 300 extra calories to kind of help. And now that we're talking, I think that if we could actually see what was going on with our body as it was preparing to bleed and all the energy it took to do that, we would fuel ourselves in a different way. But because we don't see it, Our body's basically sharing with us messages like, I'm hungry, I need more fuel, I need more food, give it to me. And that can cause lots of, lots of issues. Um, For me, what I've noticed, I'm 44, I feel like every year I notice the day before my period, rest becomes so much more crucial. Like going to bed, I went to bed at like eight o'clock last week, the night before my period my body was just like done, like you're done. So <laughs> go into bed, go to bed. And I, I'm listening, like learning to listen at different stages and different things and learning to listen um, for hunger levels and like rest levels, but that foundation is, is key for what we're doing.
0: Yeah. You said a lot of really valuable things in there. And I think because I, have been coached by you. I went through the group program once and then coached again. So the things that I think I want, um, the listeners to hear that is really important is protein, fat, and fiber, regulating your blood sugar. Um, and then also eating more calories, especially right before the end of your cycle, Um, and then listening to your body, especially when it comes to rest. And I definitely have noticed that more because I'm, I just turned 43. And so I, I for sure have noticed that more just in the last couple of months where I just start to get tired and I just need to go take a quick 20 minute nap and then I'm, I'm good. But going to bed earlier, waking up a little bit earlier has also been really helpful. So one thing you said too, was that fat creates, Um, hormones. And then you also talked about individualized help, And so I think that's why it's really important to work with a coach because some of my friends that I've had do testing like in Everly Well, um, they have different hormone issues than I had. Like Mm -hmm. I had really low progesterone and estrogen dominance, and I often have high testosterone. And then a friend of mine had, you know, like more normal of some of those things and really low testosterone. And so like, I think it's really what you said about how fats create hormones. I think that that's why it's important to maybe get those testings done, figure out a plan that actually works for you. See if that actually helps you to feel better because one size doesn't fit all for every single person. If like, just talking about hormone balance, do this, this, and this, and everyone will be fine is, is Generalizing it too much to where you're that might not work for you. And then I feel like then people can get really defeated that this kind of hormonal help isn't really helping. And that's sometimes that I feel like it's wrong with social media as well because there's a lot of social media posts that are just like, take magnesium, take this, do this, do this, and you will be cured of premenopause. And that's just like chill. Like, I don't think that that's totally true. I'm sure some of it is really helpful, but like it's misinformation. So that's why I feel like what you do is so valuable because you're really listening. Like, I felt like you were really listening to my body. Like, all I had to do was tell you what was going on with it. And you're like, it was like a puzzle and you're like, do this, do this, do this. And it was like, I don't understand this magic that you have going on. So I think that that's really important for people to, to hear out of everything that you just said. Okay. And now we're going to take a minute for a word from our sponsors. <laughs> just kidding. I don't have any sponsors, but if anyone knows anyone who wants to sponsor this uh, fun podcast full of awesome information um please feel free to message me okay so now uh back to our episode
1: and i think something that we haven't talked about yet too that i think is important in this conversation is like normalizing that our bodies change you know and like normalizing that our bodies change normalizing that our hormones change Normalizing that we're not supposed to feel the same way every single day. I think I used to get really caught up in that, where I'm like, I was having such a great day yesterday. Why do I feel so like off today, like kind of low, like nothing changed, you know? But then the more that I'm like working with my body, with my hormones, not against it, I'm like, okay, like we're not robots. Yeah. We can feel differently every single day. Like we have depending on what your cycle length is, like 25 to 35 day cycle every day, you're going to feel a little different where like men, they have a 24 hour cycle, hormonal cycle, but also a 24 hour um, circadian rhythm. Mm-hmm. So modern life has been built for, for that. Right. And like, then we've been kind of plugging our way into this and figuring out how that helps And so often what I'm seeing, especially myself with like this big move we just had and like trying to slow down and figure some stuff out is like, we're just experiencing so much burnout because we're not normalizing that things shift and change. And like the way that we are today wasn't the way we were a year ago. And like, that's awesome and totally okay. Depending on obviously what's going on. If you feel worse today than you did a year ago, like we got to take a closer look, but you know, normalizing that like, you're not supposed to feel, that's not the right word, not supposed to, because you can feel however you want, but like just being okay with like things shifting and changing. And I think that's hard for humans. Like change is hard, (laughs) especially if you haven't changed, done a lot of different things, like out of the box, you know, it's hard to kind of grapple with that sometimes.
0: Yeah. I think awareness is really important. It was really important in my journey as well. Like Everything that I've learned about hormones, about trauma, about the nervous system, and then adding in human design too, like as you were saying about being more tired and just being thrown off, like I feel you are you're a projector, right? I think in projectors right in yeah. general
1: remember. I'm pretty yeah. sure it was projector
0: projectors need more rest in general too so that's something also to add in to pay attention to so I think and then like for me having uh, emotional waves in human design I can have emotional waves and a hormonal imbalance going on and so some days I'm just like all right and I'm like looking at my cycle I'm paying attention to my digestion I'm paying attention to like if my blood sugar is off And then I'm like, okay, this could just be an emotional wave. And it's just all about like being aware that all of these things could be going on and then having a level of acceptance and then validating yourself and knowing how to like take care of yourself and validate yourself and understand, because I think where it can get out of control is where you start labeling what those emotions are. And you just, you, your blood sugar could be off don't get divorced. Like, just wait a second. You feel
1: like, just hold on. Oh, I know. I've had those feelings. I've called my best friend and be like, I know this is not reality, but like, oh my God, like, this is how I feel. Right. Um, It's so true though. And like, we're emotional beings as well. Right. And I feel like, the more that I like express how I feel, the more that I'm like comfortable with my emotions, the more that like I can almost make sense of how I'm feeling a little bit more too. And I can like laugh at that. I can laugh at that versus in that moment. I'm like, oh my God, like I can't be married to you anymore. Like this is yeah. not working. <laughs> no,
0: that's not reality. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it's really one. funny. One, is, one <laughs> of the, yeah. One of the things about emotions too, I know we're talking about hormones, but one thing I want to mention One thing I re I learned recently is that emotions actually only last for 90 seconds. And then after that, it's the stories you're telling yourself. And so when I used to get really like kind of ragey and out of control, when I think back at those times, it really just was like, I I just need to release some emotions right now. And sometimes I'll even just inform my husband. I'll be like, listen, it's day 19. What I'm about to say is not real, but it has it has to come out. like it just I'm gonna have to say it. You can plug your ears if you need to. like I'm just I'm like, I gotta get this out because it's in my body. And then as soon as I say it or let out the little bit of emotion or rage or whatever it is, then I feel better. And I'm like, please don't take it personally. I don't mean like anything I'm saying, <laughs> but it's like, if I just let that go, then in my head, I'm not making up this story, making up this story, making up this story. You like, you just have to let that 90 seconds play out and then you've had the emotion and then you can, then you can release it and let it go instead of continuing more stories. I like
1: about. that. That's really cool to know. Does that does that go towards toddlers?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I'm sure it does. Actually, like toddlers oh my God. need to just toddlers need to express their emotions, and totally. you know their nervous systems are off, and they're just trying to figure it out. Like from from ages zero to seven, their subconscious minds are still forming, and so are their nervous systems and emotions and things like that. So as as they're going through things they need to learn how to express that those feelings so yeah. it's like that's where like for parents with little kids you know like telling them like stop crying i'll give you something to cry about shut up go to your room and things like that that's just not that's not helpful like you know no. allowing them to experience the emotion and just like as a parent just being like i'm i'm not a parent let me just say that but i used to do this during photo sessions actually if children were freaking out before I knew anything about anything I was like okay they just need to experience this emotion and you just literally hold space for that emotion like yeah. and the more regulated you are the more regulated you can get them when i used to do newborn 100%. sessions yeah when i used to do newborn sessions the moms are always like i mean they just had a baby they're hot they're uncomfortable they're emotional you know, and so I would take the baby and I would just calm my breathing down. I would call my own services son and I would regulate to the baby. And they're like, can you please stay here for the next 24 <laughs> hours? <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, like you're just, the baby
1: whisper. Yeah, yeah. It's so much
0: easier because I'm not the parent, you know, I don't have any expectations of what's happening. So like, really, yeah. I think that's another important thing too, is releasing expectations. And if we, if we loop this back around to hormones, sometimes now I'll like have these expectations of things I want to do. And I know I'm coming up to the part of my cycle where I might not have as much energy. I might not have as much like mental clarity and things like that. So I try not to have really high expectations because having that level of expectations. And then as soon as something happens, you're just like, damn it, why can't these hormones just like, like work with me right now instead of against me. And it's like, okay. Cause that's just how it is. And like, what can I do right now to help and be able to just be productive and do the things I need to do? Like, what can I do right now? Which kind of leads led me into like the next um, question I had for you was obviously what you said. And I know this too, that women's hormones change throughout their cycle. And there's different things that you can learn to do like Hit workouts during certain parts and different nutritions during certain parts. So is there anything that you specifically would love to talk about with the listeners about like the different things that you go through like during the cycle and like which foods or what you can do during the month, like during certain sections, like follicular phase, menstrual phase, luteal phase, anything like yeah, that? Yeah,
1: something to be really mindful about is... One thing, because we were talking about body before, like, because I did this experiment with a client because she didn't believe me, but I never weigh myself. And she was like, I weigh myself every day and I weigh something different every day. I'm like, yes, you will. You can eat the same. You can drink the same. You can work out this. You can do the same thing every day and you will not weigh the same every single day. Like It's just literally impossible because of hormones and the way that our water, our body holds water different times throughout the month. Um, so we did an experiment and we weighed, I weighed myself every day. She weighed herself every day. And then we compare notes and she was like, okay, so it's not just me. And I was like, no, it's not just you. <laughs> like that, that's our bodies, right? So I think same thing goes with like our energy and our moods and how our brain is. So like the first phase of your cycle, like day one is the first day of your cycle. The day you get your period up until you ovulate and we all ovulate on different days. Do not use an app to know when you're ovulating, if you are trying to prevent pregnancy or get pregnant, like you really need to check your basal body temperature. Um, there's different things, but like, I think a lot of people are like, I'd ovulate in day 14, cause that's what my app says. So I just want to clarify that. Um, but like the first phase of your cycle, like, like you mentioned, like hit, like you have, you usually, and I want to say usually because like, if you're not feeling this way, let me know, because then we want to take a closer look. But usually in the first phase of your cycle, you'll have more energy. Like HIIT is going to feel really good. Like high intensity workouts, being really, really social, like around ovulation time. Like that's when you feel your best. Like that's when you should go shopping is when you're ovulating. You will feel sexy. Like this is when ladies, this is when you should go jean shopping. Only when you're ovulating. <laughs> um, never right before you period. But this is when you feel your are sexiest because this is when you're, Quote, unquote, if you're trying to get pregnant, like procreate, right? Like have fun. Your libido should be higher this time because you're ovulating. And then we ovulate every day as you get closer and closer to your period. My children screaming. (laughs) Every day you get closer and closer to your period, you will have a little bit less and less energy. So you want to be mindful of that and like doing more strength. Strength training is great the whole cycle. Okay. Okay. But- Yoga, Pilates, bar, like long walks versus running in the first phase if you like to run. I don't run anymore, but if you like to run first phase. So when we actually work out with our bodies, we can actually get the results we want because we're not, the cortisols not interfering with like our the natural rhythm of our body. Your brain, in terms of like how to use your brain, first phase of your cycle, you're more creative. Like this is when you'll get more done. This is when like you should have big awesome presentations and like schedule your webinars. <laughs> you know, like schedule that podcast interview. Like that's when you're going to feel on. But again, the closer and closer you get to your period, your brain starts kind of slowing down a little bit, right? This is when you should write to-do lists, like get really really clear on like what you want to do, what you how you want to feel, what you want to accomplish don't do anything. Then you'll do that in the first phase. Like after you, get, usually by day three of your cycle, you're kind of like their energy is kind of higher again. And like, once you've heard this and you'll start paying attention to it, you're like, yeah, like I can never get anything done like the day or two before my period. Like I sit, and stare at my computer, nothing gets done. Then I start telling myself stories about how unproductive I am, and you get mad at yourself versus you're like, oh, I'm getting my period. Okay. I'm going to like just do what I need to do to just get by, especially if you're in an office, right? You have to kind of pretend that you're working. Um, <laughs> but if you're an entrepreneur, right? Like you can kind of cut yourself slack and be like, you know, I'm just not going to schedule. Like I've tried really hard to not really over schedule or even schedule the day or two before my period. Um, especially with like, being a mom and having all these things going on i've had to become a little bit m- even more mindful of that time period before my period versus like 5 years ago like i tried but if i didn't it wasn't as big of a deal as it is it is now right
0: yeah i i noticed that the other day i had a client and it was the day before i was supposed to start my period i was like i'm like why is my vocabulary at a 10 word limit right now <laughs> Yeah. I was like, and I just told her I was like, because it was our first uh session and we really wanted to get started. So I I was I was hesitant because I knew that it was the day before and I was like, it's fine. I'm gonna I'm just gonna write lots of notes. It's gonna be fine. And then as soon as we got into it, I was just like, la, 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 la. I was just like, I can't. I couldn't think of things. And I was like, you know what? I'm I'm like I'm not I'm normally not like this. It's just the day before my period, brain fog, no words. But I promise. All this information is good. We're going to get through it. I'm going to send you notes after, and it's going to be, it's going to be yeah. fine. It's just not coming out. So well,
1: I wanted to, okay, go ahead. I was going to say, because I was in a session the other day and I said, uh, I I wanted to say something. And the only thing that came to my mind was like, we're not going to go balls to the walls with this. And then I just started <laughs> laughing. And the woman was like laughing with me. And I'm like, I'm just being silly today, but it was because my brain was just not functioning. I couldn't think of the word. And that was the first thing that came to my mind. I'm like, I don't think I've ever said that in my entire life. And it just like (laughs) came out.
0: (laughs) That's hilarious. So talking about, um, so you said that strength training is good the whole time. So I actually have a question from one of the listeners. So um, it's so funny to say that. So basically, uh, for women who are athletes or highly active and there's, are there specific, uh, nutritional concerns regarding hormonal balance that they should be aware of? And then especially for women who join things like 5.00 AM clubs and do really hard hit workouts in the morning because, um, she's just seeing like different health concerns. And so I was wondering if, I know like you want your cortisol to so- sort of slowly come up in the morning. Like when we are working together, um, I stopped doing really hard workouts first thing in the morning and had a slower morning and had that slower rise. And I really noticed a difference. So I was wondering if you feel like a hard, like sort of hit workout at 5.00 AM, your whole cycle, like how does that affect cortisol or is there something she can do like waking up a little bit earlier making sure she has protein like is there something that she can do because the 5 a.m club is really important to her and so I'm just wondering if she doesn't want to give it up or anything like that yeah and then, so I'm just wondering
1: no it's a good question I feel like well god bless you for getting up at for 5 a.m like I don't think you could pay me to get up at 5 a.m so
0: get up at 4 a.m I think she gets up oh, at yeah, 4, 4 a.m oh yeah my god
1: Get there by five (laughs) AM. God, you're right. Yeah, like yeah, no, never happening. So, um, (laughs) I I mean, I have a few follow up questions because I'm like, is she drinking coffee? Is she like eating before? Like, I would say that leading up to your period, giving having more rest and getting more sleep would be more important in terms of results. If that's if she's going to work out that early, I'm assuming it's because she wants to look like toned and and stuff like, or like strength and something like that. So like-
0: I think it's more about the community of it because she works like a, you know, regular job and she's very body positive and and that kind of stuff. So it's more about just wanting to- Like energy? Yeah, strength, energy, keeping up with her kids and just that camaraderie group. Yeah, of just being in the community.
1: I would say like you probably, it probably would be helpful- at least three to four days before to, to rest and like either not skip it, but like maybe not do the 5 a.m., maybe do a little bit later. Um, Also like thinking about like how she's actually, she having energy throughout the day, like is she crashing? Like how's her recovery from all of that? Because that would change the recommendation too. Okay. Um, I would say like trying not to just... Mm-hmm. I feel like it would be a hard wake up to like that early without having protein and then like going straight to a 5 a.m. workout. I'm wondering how like the recovery she's feeling like in terms of post recovery with the workout.
0: So from a cortisol standpoint, it's still okay to do like harder workouts in the morning that won't like spike.
1: It may or may not. Like I it would it's it depends on like the person, it depends on how old, like what hormonal life stage, what's going on with her period. Like it's it's hard to give general feedback with that based on like what might be going on. Um in terms of cortisol, like definitely probably raising it fast because it's you're waking up and doing a high-intensity workout. Like you're waking up at four in the morning already your body is like, oh, whoa, like this is four o'clock in the morning. It's pitch blackout. It's almost a fight or flight in a, in a way, even though it's her schedule. Um, and then doing such a like high intensity, like I think having protein before that could help with with that spike if she's not doing it. Um, but it would honestly depend on what's going on with her period, what's going on with her energy, her moods, her post-workout recovery, like how is the workout actually supporting your life in in not just emotionally or mentally? Cause I, oh, that's important, right? But how is your body physically kind of responding to that too?
0: Yeah, awesome. I think that's great information. Yeah, I wasn't sure, like for me, sometimes I feel like I can wake up in the morning and start a workout and I don't feel stressed. So um, I always pay attention. When I was working with a holistic doctor, she also said this too, that- because I'm I I do things like hundred mile bike rides, you know, that somebody else would not do and that sounds extremely stressful, you know. But she um, was like, when you're doing it, as long as you don't feel really stressed out, or when you start to feel stressed out, and even like when I'm on the Peloton, if it starts to feel like I'm angry or like this is too hard, or like I'd start to get mad, then I'm like, okay, this is fight or flight, cortisol's going me. up. There's literally no point to be on this. If, if what I'm trying to do is lose weight yeah. or have more energy or be in a better mood, I'm like, why would I send myself into a fight or flight <laughs> response?
1: Exactly. Yeah. So I think it just depends on like so many factors. And like, honestly, you usually feel better during that first phase, right? During that like follicular phase with the high intensity anyways, versus like are you feeling okay during the loodle phase? Or are you just pushing yourself to do it? I guess is the bigger question, right? Like right. how is your body actually responding? Um, and I feel like hit can be great, but like having restorative yoga as part of that, having strength training as part of that, like m- mixing it up too can also be like really beneficial too. Okay.
0: All right. Awesome. Great advice. So shifting over to, to men for a second, because I know you're married (laughs) and you have two little boys and for my husband as well. And for any men listeners who have made it this far into the podcast, (laughs) (laughs) um, do you, how do you feel like men's hormones differ? Do you you work with men in their hormones and can they follow similar lifestyle tips, like fiber, fat, protein, balancing blood sugar, um, that kind of stuff is all of that important to them too, or would there, would they be different?
1: They would be different, but balancing your blood sugar is not just for hormonal health. It's also for your heart health, like your blood sugar in general, like diabetes, right? Like all of the, all of pretty much all health needs balanced blood sugar, right? It's a foundation for hormonal health, but it's also the foundation for like so many other aspects of your health. Um, so that's super important. What I just find is that at least all the men that I know, I've never seen them ever go hungry. <laughs> like my husband's never been hangry a day in his life. Like I, he just eats all day. Like he eats when he wants to eat. Like it's not even a thing he ever thinks about. It's like, all right, I'm hungry. I'm going to go eat. Versus I feel like, With my women clients a lot of times it's like well i should only eat at this time i should only eat this like it's just a little bit more like we think about it in a different way so i just feel like in terms of just the hangriness the hungriness of it i just don't see that um they i would men would be most i've only worked with a few men um it's just not my specialty but most of the time it's more testosterone um either like probably usually like low testosterone and trying to kind of like get more testosterone and like build that up in their body. And, you know, strength training is great for, for that um, and doing different things. But that's mostly kind of like what I've worked with, with men is more of the testosterone. But um, in terms of blood sugar, I think that I would just highly recommend men and women to eat like whole food protein like trying to avoid a lot of those protein powders, protein smoothie shake things, or like the protein bars and like just get real protein. Because what I see happening with both male and female is that we're not eating a lot of like chickpeas and lentils or like beef or poultry when we're thinking about protein. We're kind of drinking a lot of these like supplement type things, which may or may not be beneficial depending on what the ingredients are. So I think in terms, I see that a lot with men, they're like drinking a lot of like these protein shakes. and I look at the ingredients. I'm like, Oh, let's find you a different one. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: speaking of testosterone, if women have high
1: testosterone, can they still do weight training? You can. Yeah. Um, It's just doing like lots of yoga and lots of like, walking and Pilates to kind of like bring that cortisol down to help kind of like with the testosterone. Yeah.
0: Okay. So hi. Cause I did just on my own. Now I'm like, we're just going to go into coaching me now. (laughs) So (laughs) I did, uh, I did, I did just get some test that testosterone was a little bit higher. So well, quite high. So, and I haven't been doing a lot of weight training or anything like that, but maybe it's just cortisol was up at the same time. Could be. Yeah. It could be like
1: different, different things. And like, strength training is so important for so many different things. Like it actually helps with your gut health, your mitochondria. It helps with your bone health. Like women, we need to be lifting weights. I feel like we were kind of conditioned to like, do like cardio, 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 which is great for your heart health. Like we need cardio for our heart, but in terms of long-term stability and balance and like, bone health like structurally it's like structurally that building muscle especially like as we're getting older is key like having muscle mass is like so important um I would say that would outweigh like there's probably some other things going on like I would I would not cut out strength training okay great and you're not lifting like a hundred pound weights, like 20 times, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, how do you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just guessing. Uh, I
0: mean, yeah. you're strong,
1: <laughs> but you know, like it's like those like 20 pound, 10 pound, you know, like yeah. that's just giving, getting you the muscle strength that you need as we go through paramenopause together. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. So, um, So I think we're, we're getting close to an hour now. So I just wanted to, I feel like we discussed so many amazing things that would be really helpful for everyone, but is there anything else that you really wanted to discuss? I know you do have a group program coming up. So I want to tell people about that, but before we do that, is there anything else that you feel like we didn't touch on or that you want to loop back around to that you want to make sure people really picked out of this
1: episode? Yeah. Yeah, Something that I've been like, talking with a lot of my clients about recently is I think we put a lot of stress and pressure on ourselves to figure out like what's wrong Mm -hmm. right we're like I know something's wrong I don't know what it is I don't feel great and then we spend so much and I do this myself too we spend so much time figuring out what's wrong that we don't how do I want to phrase this like we might not be looking at the possibilities of like how to just feel better without knowing what exactly is wrong. Yeah.
0: Does that make sense? It makes, yeah, it makes sense. It kind of goes along with the podcast I did yesterday about understanding your values and what's really important to you and then how to do that, like take action. Like what you just said definitely made me think about when I was going through my hormonal phase journey, I was definitely... I want to find out exactly what's wrong i want all the numbers i want to see the charts i want to know all of this information and for me that was helpful but then i had such a hard time being consistent with taking the vitamins following the the plan of fiber fat protein it was just like there was this disconnect from once i knew what was wrong like okay now I have to go do the things like go do the things to actually feel better you know like knowing what was wrong helped me accept it and have more awareness and not think it was other things I think that's so I guess it's like what people what do they need to know about what is wrong like and, and their personality yeah. type as well, well the thing everyone but, has different
1: personalities I like love to I'm just such a detailed person I'm like okay yeah. like, what's going on like let me figure it out I just feel like so oftentimes I get so much more stressed about that yeah. Then it's always like, okay, something's off. I'm going to figure it out. But what are the, what are three things I can do right now just to help me feel better? Right. And focus yeah. on that first before focusing on like what's wrong. Like I always start my sessions out like what's been really good. Like what's positive, what's yeah. felt really good. And every person goes to the negative and I'm like, no, 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 no like i know there's negatives i know there's challenges like i know that like our brain always goes there but like what has we, there has to be at least one thing that felt good this past week right and like we rewiring the brain like that because i guess the motto is or the thing i'm trying to say is like we can create more stress in our life by by just like constantly thinking like something is wrong and like having to fix it and I think numbers are great. Go get the test, do the things like fi- we can figure that out. But if you spend so much time and energy and stress on that, when you finally figure that out, you're so exhausted. Yeah. That doing do the, the, the work action was harder. Yeah, and absolutely. If we even just like start by like just making sure you're eating enough and that you have more energy that your mental, men- your mental health feels a little bit better then having that come into play seems like a little bit not easier, but like more manageable, I feel like.
0: Yeah, you're kind of talking too about sort of like the law of attraction. I was laughing when you said that about the positive thing because sometimes <laughs> yeah. I would I would be like, I got to hop on my call with Katie. What's one, what's one good, I would like yell to Steve. I'm like, what's one good thing that happened to me this week that I can tell her about? <laughs> I was just like, but it did just me actively thinking about things I was grateful for or things that were going right did set me up for different conversations with you for sure and when you are paying attention to what went right then that leads to something else that could go right and then that leads to something else that could go right because like attracts like and when you're only focusing on what's wrong then you'll find this is wrong. Then you'll find this other thing that's wrong. Then this other thing that's wrong. And this other thing that's wrong. Cause you're just, that's what you're focused on. You're focused on what's wrong instead of what can, what can help you and what can, you know, like when, now when I'm struggling with something, it's always like, okay, how do I, how do I shift that? How do I change that? What skill can I learn? What, how can I do something towards whatever it is that I'm trying for? Like, I was telling you before we hopped on this call that I'm working with a communications coach because I wanted to be able to communicate better to get my point across. If I was just only focused on the fact that I always lose my words, I always do this, I blah, 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 then I never even would have gotten started. But it was like, okay, I want to communicate better. So how do I do that? So with the hormones, it's I want to have more energy. How do I have more energy? Instead of I suck at energy, like what's wrong with me? you're going to find out what's wrong, but you're not actually going to find out what's right. Like, and totally. figure out what to and
1: do. And I just feel like every conversation I have with all my clients, my conversations I have with myself, it always comes down to stress. And yeah. the kinder we are to ourselves on this journey, because it's a journey. This is a like your health is a journey for the rest of your life. Like, I think a lot of times like, I'm going to spend three months, I'm going to focus on my health and everything's going to be great. <laughs> like, awesome. You're going to feel better. But- We need to prioritize our health our whole life, right? So it's a journey for our whole life, right? Like we can't rush it. There's no like end result. Like the goal is to be, for me, it's always energy and just like feeling healthy, right? The more stress we put on it, the more that it feels like a problem and an issue that has to be solved rather than how can I just make tiny changes? I feel better every day. And then the other part of it that I want to end with is just like the kinder we can be to ourselves on this journey of our life, that's hopefully very, very long, the more that we enjoy the journey rather than like, just being like, you get to the destination because what is the desk? What's the destination like? So I just think kindness with health needs to be talked about a little bit more because we just tend to be so hard on ourselves all the time. And I don't know about you, but when I'm hard on myself, it's everything's harder. (laughs) Yeah. Cause that's what you're, that's
0: what you're paying attention to. So yeah, yeah, I love that about working with you for sure. And always receiving, like whenever you send the emails over after our um, coaching calls, it was like, here are all the things that are feeling good. And then it was like, here's what you can focus on for next week. It wasn't like, okay, you said all of these are, they suck. That's not the first, that's like not even in the email cap. Like I already know everything that sucks. Like you're always like, okay, these are all the things that were working for you. Here's what you're going to focus on next week. And then next week that here's what I was focusing on this week becomes the things that were working for me. And then we find more things that I can work on and it just builds and builds and builds and builds until it's more motivating. Yeah. It's definitely very motivating.
1: Yeah. And that's how I, do things with myself too. I'm like, okay, like how can I actually make this in a way that feels positive so that I actually want to do it?
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, okay. So I just want to wrap up. So I really appreciate you spending time with me today. It's been so fun catching up because people don't know that we haven't talked in a while, but I know I miss um, you. I love all of this. It's it's actually reigniting like a lot of things that I some habits that kind of fell off that I'm looking forward to getting back into for myself. So I know that all of this information is going to be super helpful to everyone who is listening. But I know you have a group program coming up, and I want everyone to know about that so that they can get that help as well. Cause I know with the group program, you also do individualized help as well for clients. So, um, if you just want to tell people about your eating for your hormones group program and how they can sign up and what it's about and anything else that you want to
1: tell them about that. Thank you. So my group program starts September 18th. Um, I don't know when this is going to come out. I know you told me, I forget. But if you sign up before Labor Day, the group program there's two one-on-one sessions. If you sign up before Labor Day, it's three. But if you mention Amanda, you email me, I'll give you the three because I don't know when this is coming out, so I'll honor that. But basically, it's five weeks. Uh, we start the start the foundation. We really start about like eating for your hormones and figure out what is going to work best for your body. So it's general information, but then we dive deeper onto like what your health goals are what you're gonna really focus on making sure you're eating enough of the right things for you. We talk about coffee. We talk about sugar, sleep. There's always weekly meditations. We talk a lot about gut support. That's the third, fourth, third week, sorry. Fourth week is liver support. And then the fifth week, we talk about really working with, not against your cycle, which is what we kind of talked a lot about today. Um, there's recipes, We there's a food journal, meal prep guidelines help. Um, and then we figure out what is best for you. We, I don't, we don't, we're not tracking calories, things like that, but it's really like what you mentioned, like sharing what you're eating, how your body is responding. So we can really figure out what works best for you and diet diet is just like what you're eating. I know diet's gotten a really bad reputation, but we figure out what diet is going to work best for you just in terms of food. Not, we're not putting you on a diet, but it's figuring out like, what's ultimately going to work and like help you feel great. And then you'll have more energy. You'll have better periods. You'll sleep better. You'll have like less sugar cravings, usually within a few weeks. And then like, you have all the information so you can kind of continue to, to work on that on your own. Um, There is a self-study option available well for, for less than the group program. So if you want to just get the information and do it on your own, And, or if you want to work one-on-one, I do have some open slots for that as well too.
0: Okay, Katie. Well, thank you so much for being on here. It was so great seeing you. I hope everyone signs up for your group program. I know how beneficial all of it has been for me. You literally helped change my life. So I don't want to get emotional on here, but you're such a huge part of getting me to where I am today. And I just appreciate you so much. And I'm so excited that you were the first guest on the podcast. So Oh, my God, me too. I'm so honored to be here. And we so have much. to catch
1: up. soon.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. So thank you so much for yet again, tuning in to another episode. I hope that you got a lot of value out of this one. It's such an important topic, and I really wanted to make sure that I did an episode on this. I'll probably do more episodes on this, but I just, I really hope that you got something out of it. Um, And also just remember to check out the show notes for links to EverlyWell for Katie's group program. Be sure to head over to the website and subscribe. That's a wrap for today. Be curious, be brave. You've got this. And I'm always here for you. See you next week.